Hi everyone, and welcome to the RegTech Report, your update on all things RegTech. My name is Carl Viertel, and with me is Stefan Celestio. Our mission is to bring you the latest news, speak with industry pioneers, and news about the latest tech. And we're back to the sixth episode of the RegTech Report. We have some great topics for you today. We're starting out with automation and AI. We've got an amazing conversation with Yevgeny from Clausmatch coming up. And, of course, we've got some news and some brand new top three ready for you. With me today, of course, is Stefan. Hello again. And uh, to jump straight in, automation and AI. Now, um, there was this great article on uh, FinExtra the other day um, around trends in regulatory AI and automation. Now, clearly, uh, as with uh, we, as we all know, rising costs, lots more regulation requires automation or vast amounts of more money. So, obviously, automation is where everyone's going. Um, however, they had a really interesting um sort of thesis in the article that they said we need to go from reactive to proactive. And uh, I really like that. That's a really sort of uh, great way of describing it. And it also really reflects some of uh, our conversations that we had not just from a reactive technological perspective, but also from a functional perspective where we said, well, actually, the target needs to be preventative controls in business, so actually preventing non-compliant things from happening rather than uh, just trying to detect and react to things if they have happened. Uh, thoughts? Yeah, and I think it's, I mean, it's been the holy, holy grail that people have been trying to achieve for a long time, this kind of preventative controls thing where nothing can even happen. Uh, and in, I think in some places this is already um, what you can do if you have, for example, a um, an IT system that supports a certain business process and you build in certain things that, for example, uh, you can't just do a certain transaction without certain approval levels, so something like that. Yeah? That could be like the, the the easiest case of implementing something like this. But in, in a lot of cases also, maybe it, it didn't work out so far so well. And I guess the... Um, the image or the the wish that everybody has is like this complete automation. Uh, I just push a button and I'm compliant. Uh, <laughs> does that really work? Yeah, look, I mean, I think we need to get there. And there's certainly, I mean, that needs to be the vision. And the important thing is that uh, for us and for other reg techs, that at least we're, we're working on that vision and not on sort of the small incremental steps. Um, however, uh, another thing that I've seen more and more sort of uh, in the uh, greater startup space is workplace automation. Um I was talking to the uh, head of innovation at Barclays in New York a couple of weeks ago, and he was saying the big hot topic that they're looking at are workplace automation topics. So, you know, essentially what you used to do with Excel with macros, right? You click record and you've got all of these steps that are then executed uh, repeatedly. Do the same thing just for your job. Now, just from an abstract perspective, obviously, the opportunity for compliance or risk is huge because so many of the steps today are repetitive in nature, quite frankly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, maybe even taking a step back over the uh, over in general, any kind of business process. I, I heard this saying that looking at what what are jobs that are at risk for like being replaced by the machine, if some somebody can take a look at what comes in and what your the output of your work product is. And then somehow kind of just from that without any further instruction, think about, okay, how do I achieve that? Then this is a job that's at risk, I would say, because yeah. it's very transactional. Yeah. So, I mean, I think uh, 
if I were a betting man, then I would be cl- uh, watching the uh, auto- workplace automation startups very closely. I'm I'm not certain there's or I haven't seen anything that's really you know out of the box super compelling right now, but obviously it's just a question of time. Yeah, but there's there's some interesting effects also overall. I remember uh, actually a management leadership training I had a couple of years ago, and where everybody even like top up to the board they were kind of inspired by it because they noticed uh, we are still way too transactional also in our management and leadership style, and we need to become transformational leaders, they called it. Uh, and I think that's... So transformational instead of transactional? Yeah. I like it. Yeah. So that definitely changes also the profiles or the approach um, that people are taking in a, in a kind of organizational aspect and will probably impact also the culture a lot in, in different workplaces, I would say. Yeah. I, back to the uh, Finextra article, they had one more point that I thought was really interesting. So they brought sort of all of this automation and uh, AI-supported uh, regtech aspects. They brought that together with the uh, BCBS 239. So uh, the Basel Committee on Banking Supervision uh, brought out this paper a while back um, that's all around data governance, right? And uh, I actually thought this point was uh, quite timely because they're basically the uh, article is arguing, well, um, the underlying requirement essentially for all of this automation and smart stuff to happen is really sufficient data. And uh, uh, Bailey and I actually just had a conversation uh, with some uh, really smart guys out of Israel that were are going to be a guest on a podcast in about, I guess, two episodes from now that address exactly that. And so uh, I think the underlying concept of having good data quality, good governance over data as a, essentially a prerequisite for even thinking about automation, uh, I think is a really powerful thought. So just, I think, one thing that all of these aspects have in common is the reason that we're talking about it now is because now we have a critical mass of available technology at a useful price that enables smart business people to act now. So I think that's why we're all talking about this now. That's why RegTech is happening now. It's just, it's the time is now. Yeah, and it, it echoes the thoughts we had a couple of episodes back that it's so much easier to build these things nowadays than, than in the past, isn't it? We are joined today from London by Yevgeny from Clausmatch. Thanks for being on the pod. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, no worries. Um, so uh, obviously, uh, we know each other uh, pretty well between Clausmatch and Align. Uh, we were both part of uh, the uh, Barclays Techstar uh, program. You were a bit earlier than we were. Um, but uh, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about uh, Clausmatch? Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, so Clausmatch uh, started about six and a half years ago. Um, I started Clausmatch when I was uh, at Morgan Stanley working on legal and compliance. And uh, at the core uh, of Clausmatch, we tried to solve problems uh, related to compliance and uh, risk documentation, which has been handled in, a, in an extremely outdated way uh, in large organizations and specifically in financial services which leads to a lot of confusion of how to, how compliance is actually um, done within those organizations. Hence why we're seeing lots of fines. Uh, we're seeing, uh, you know, banks often uh, cannot um, do the right thing, even though they want to purely because uh, the role of compliance has changed. So the, the close match platform helps with centralizing compliance and risk documentation 
uh, like policy standards and procedures um, and uh, help with the lifecycle management of uh, those documents and distribution to the employees. So employees actually know what they're supposed to do and uh, that documentation uh, is always compliant with uh, applicable regulatory rules. And looks uh, damn good doing it. So I've seen uh, I've seen the app in action, and it is absolutely beautiful. And uh, just such a, a, a <laughs> absolute quantum leap from uh, your standard PDF policy portal. <laughs> absolutely, thanks, Carl. <laughs> so uh, one really exciting uh, development on your side, of course. Uh, you just got back from Singapore, and I understand are incredibly jet lagged. Uh, yep, I've been back in London for two days, but uh, I think I'm still quite jet lagged. So uh, obviously, you guys are uh, starting some some business over in Singapore. Tell us about sort of the uh, regtech ecosystem over there. Um, how are uh, the financial organizations in Singapore um, adopting to regtech? What's uh, what's the vibe in Singapore? Yeah. So uh, in terms in terms of Singapore, uh, it's a very exciting market for a regtech company. Uh, I think. Uh, we've seen a lot of progress in Europe, uh, specifically in the UK, um, uh, at least on our side uh, and the US, uh, with companies starting to offer a lot of compliance risk um, and um, uh, regulatory solutions. Um, and that was to address uh, the torrent of regulation in the last 10 years, you know, the way um, compliance function has changed um, uh, within top tier banks. And I think also uh, the fact that banks have been hiring uh, thousands of people uh, to deal with uh, new compliance issues, new regulations, and uh, and so on. But I think we've seen less of that in uh, Asia. Uh, there are, you know, reg- the regulatory framework uh, in Asia is still relatively less developed uh, compared to US and uh, Europe. And then I think what that leads to is that there weren't many solutions which were developed locally in Asia. Um, so the RegTech ecosystem two years ago was non-existent. Uh, there are some local RegTech companies there, uh, but also there is a big push from uh, the local um, uh, the local regulator, Monetary Authority of Singapore, uh, to attract uh, top-tier um, and uh, fast-growing uh, regulatory solutions. Uh, to help the market develop. Uh, so I think the local agenda is to bring companies which help their banks to leapfrog um, some of the legacy issues that uh, banks in Europe and US had and uh, to help uh, help them adopt new technologies. So uh, I think it's a very exciting market. Uh, there is also willingness to try new technologies and there is a feeling of kind of I guess, respect to European and U.S. companies uh, that have solved issues for big banks here, uh, whereby, you know, there is already proof that those companies can help in compliance. Very cool. Now, that that is excellent news out of Singapore. Um, but you did touch on something that uh, we've actually debated, been debating ourselves quite a bit, and it's sort of around the why now, right? So why is, why is RegTech happening now, and why is it sort of a urgent problem for people to address um, in financial uh, services organizations now. Uh, do you have a thought on sort of what factors are coming together to create that urgency? Um, yeah, so we, we actually, we have been thinking about it as well. And, uh, you know, you have to ask a question, well, 
compliance has been done in the same way for 20, 30 years, you know, maybe more. Why do people feel that suddenly they need to change now? Um, you know, why, why, why is it not acceptable anymore to have paper compliance manuals or, you know, uh, PDF documents and, uh, you know, just compliance workflows being done in a manual way? Um, and I think there are a couple of things. So one is obviously, uh, we have been seeing a lot of regulation coming, um, into force in the last 10 years and, uh, the compliance force has been growing. But I think one major change which happened recently was uh, compliance is becoming personal. So, for example, with the implementation of uh, senior managers and certification regime, uh, compliance is non-compliance is not an option anymore purely because senior managers are now part of a very bad one. <laughs> yeah, um, and it, it and and when something becomes personal, it's um, you know people pay a lot more attention to it. Uh, I think that's one part. And another part is uh, we have seen the emergence of technology, which uh, wasn't there before, um, which wasn't available. Um, and that technology is becoming, is coming to a point where it can help uh, people uh, to actually do their job in a different kind of way. Um, and I'm not saying replacing compliance officers by um, artificial intelligence. We call it more like um, co-working uh, with compliance yeah. officers. Like I could not agree more. And I mean, I think you're actually, again, a perfect example of uh, the dynamic in the reg tech market, right? You're, ca you're coming from uh, a deep experience in the business problem and leveraging available technology that is new and eminent to create a solution that is really business focused. Um, but it does lead me to my next question. And uh, obviously, every time you engage with a large and complex organization, there was always a challenge of identifying the right people to affect change. And the organization needs to change uh, to adapt a new solution. Uh, what are some of your thoughts on uh, what's happening in today's banks and how does how is that affecting you guys? So I think you're right. Uh, it's extremely difficult to find people who actually want to implement that change. And it's also... Um, extremely difficult to change the organization. Um, and I think we probably, as startups, often don't actually know how to implement, um, you know, solutions into big banks uh, to affect that change. Um, but I think um, from from our experience uh, with several banks where we, we have implemented our platform and not just within one unit but on a global scale uh, I think it's uh, making them comfortable and the actual people who would be working with you that uh, you can deliver that uh, they can trust you uh, the fact that um, you know when when you're going to be sitting in front of their boss who will be signing off the solution uh, you are talking about the important uh, points of your solution that are important to, you know, to the senior stakeholder. Um, and, uh, you know, you're addressing something that the organization actually cares about. No, I fully agreed. And I have uh, 
full confidence that uh, Claws Match is amazingly placed to uh, exude that confidence uh, in, in your customers. Evgeny, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for your input and uh, hope to welcome you back soon to the pod. Absolutely. And thanks for having me. And the news. Now, Stefan, today I want to start out with a story that actually is not really related to RegTech, but quite frankly, I think there are quite a few lessons to be learned from it, right? So we're all, we're nerds at heart, right? And so uh, a few weeks ago, there was the uh, launch of the Falcon Heavy, um, massive three booster rocket, blew into space, launched a satellite, then all three of the rockets came down, obviously the two side boosters landing Cape Canaveral. And the uh, third one lands on a drone ship. It is absolutely magnificent to watch. Um, I get a kick out of it every time to see those two boosters land simultaneously. But then, uh, four days after they uh, landed the uh, main booster on the uh, drone ship and were bringing it back to port, it fell off in bad weather. Yeah. Now, if that is that is not a analogy for startup love, I don't know what is. It's it's a bit ironic, isn't it? Uh, and uh, I have to say, I mean, we're all, uh, I guess, Elon Musk nerds in a way here. Yeah, and uh, I, I mean, I watch these things on YouTube when they happen. So it's it's interesting the the approaches they're doing with with this these rocket launches basically because it's been a business that's or like an appro- um, like a um, um, like an area where there was a lot of constant and a lot of like checking before you try something right and and certifications and everything and what they're doing is they're not not any of the launches like any um, of the next launch they changed something on the rockets, uh, and that's unheard of, I guess. Uh, in, in yeah, so I mean, the the early NASA launches would be all about reducing variables and uh, keeping those as constant as possible, and they're basically iterating and experimenting yeah. and taking an agile or a startup culture uh, into launching rockets into space. Yeah, rapid, rapid iteration, and that is somehow, I guess, echoing what we are trying to do with another space in risk and compliance, where that's also been... Not the case in the past, but uh, maybe it should be. Yeah. Well, I mean, I will say the the big difference is FU money from PayPal versus taxpayer money, yeah. right? So uh, it's fair enough that he's taking that approach and NASA back yeah. in the day didn't. Well, I mean, uh, I guess Elon also has some compliance problems lately uh, with the SEC <laughs> with certain things. But on the other hand, I just uh, looked that up um, the other day. I think the when they first tried to do the landings, it was maybe just seven or eight years ago. It's not that long. And at, at that time... Everybody was thinking, even the experts, oh, that's not even possible. Why are they wasting their time? Uh, and now, now it works relatively consistently. Now, back to something significantly more on topic than rocket launches, but uh, also equally inspirational. Um, uh, just a few weeks ago, the inaugural uh, organization or uh, kickoff event from the RegTech women uh, happened in London. So, uh, Sean Lewin from RegTech Associates started this, and... Uh, as, of course, we know there are some uh, great female founders out there. Just a shout-out to Diana from Suede or Jane Walsh from Enforced. And uh, so they've started the uh, RegTech Women. They're uh, out there on LinkedIn, on Twitter. They have events and uh, just a really cool forum to uh, empower some of the leaders in RegTech uh, and uh, also celebrate uh, common successes. So uh, uh, really cool. I saw that popping up on my feeds and uh, all the best and also to the uh, RegTech women, uh, come on the pod. 
Yeah, and it's uh, I really like this development. Yeah, because uh, uh, traditionally, if you go into conferences and on our topic, you still see a lot of old men. Yeah? So just changing a bit also the demographics is I think healthy for the for the entire industry. And uh, last item I have on the news, uh, something we actually spoke about uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, PSD2. Uh, we were saying we really don't know what's going on, and there's uh, it seems like it lost some traction. So uh, I uh, read an article. Uh, there, uh, One of the, uh, I think it was a Danish bank put out a, uh, oh, sorry, a Swedish bank um, did a survey on preparedness for uh, the PSD2 deadline on providing APIs for testing, and it shows out that 41% of banks across all of Europe uh, missed that deadline. So uh, maybe we weren't entirely off on uh, our thesis that uh, PSD2 had lost a little bit yeah. of steam along the way. And it's interesting to see how that spreads out a bit over different countries and maybe the more northern countries are, it seems a bit better prepared. But maybe it's also the reason, at least in Germany, I know there's there's already been kind of these API things uh, a long time. But uh, uh, so that maybe the mindset is there has been there a bit longer on how to provide something like this. And now for everyone's favorite segment, and a very special addition to that, the top three. Hey. Hey. Oh. Top yeah. three, 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 three. <laughs> <laughs> It's the top three. Gotta love the jingle. And we actually have two versions of this. Because what we agreed on um, as our top three for today were the top three things that our founding team spends too much time on. Now, there are a lot of business time, uh, business things that we spend too much time on, but there's probably even more off-topic stuff that we spend too much time on. And so we're going to do the serious on-topic one, and then we're going to do the uh, uh, off-topic one uh, that uh, probably eats up equal amount of time. So, uh, Stefan, my number three for on-topic, uh, things that we spend too much time on, are probably pursuing the wrong sales opportunities. So, uh, believing that this is going to happen or spending too much on tiny opportunities, a hard lesson. You're always passionate about every every lead you get in. But realistically, we actually just need to... Uh, uh, move on from some of them. So I'd say that's my number three. Yeah, and I think we've gotten better with it uh, compared to the past. But what somebody smarter said a couple of years ago, often in this business, you get you don't get a often hard no, you get a slow no. Yeah, and that means basically just stringing you along, and that's it's a bit difficult as a startup. Your number three. So my my number three, and it's maybe maybe it's not so much about talking too much about it, but we do spend a lot of time talking about product features, right, in our backlog. And that's driven a lot, of course, because we have a lot of ideas. We have customers coming up with a lot of ideas, uh, but we uh, there's not unlimited resources, so we need to prioritize and and decide on uh, what do we spend our time on to develop. Agreed. Uh, my number two, um, I put it in, in uh, parentheses, uh, low-cost items, right? So... Uh, uh, for our listeners, uh, from our background, we spend about one and a half years, two years bootstrapping, meaning using our own cash. And uh, you become incredibly frugal and think about every item. And uh, obviously, the ticket sizes, so the uh, the revenue bring, coming in has drastically increased. We have... Um, uh, we have, of course, investment, but it's. Uh, I think it's just now ingrained in our DNA that we just spend too much time trying to save ridiculous amounts where I could be spending that same time on revenue generating activities. But, you know, things like travel, marketing, office management, oh, should I buy this brand of Coke or whatever. Um, or the infamous office chairs. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'd say... 
on the one hand, I'm kind of happy that we don't, you know, just blow through cash uh, and do put thought into it. But from a purely economic perspective, we spend too much time. Mm. Your number two. My number two is a, uh, is also a um, a pain and a sign of the industry and the topic we're in. I call it regulatory um, uh, interpretation, and it comes from if you look at these these papers that come out of uh, the regulators or new new laws, new regulation. Often they're not not super specific, so there will be different opinions. You ask five people, you will f- get five different opinions, uh, and of course we have that also in our team. But we still need to come up with something that we ship in the product, so that that also can take quite a lot of time. And uh, my number one of things that we spend too much time talking about is uh, operations. It's one of those topics that creeps up on you. And uh, quite frankly, uh, Stefan, you uh, sort of take the blunt force drama of that. Um, uh, businesses become more complex with uh, more customers, more people, more locations. And it just ends up uh, using too much of our time. But on the one hand, it has to be done. But I'd still say it takes up too much of our time, and it's probably one of those things where you, in hindsight, go to, um, uh, you know, you, once we're uh, all, uh, we've, we've conquered the world of reg tech and people come and ask us to speak, then we'll say, we probably should have hired an operations manager earlier. Yeah. And I mean, it's a bit difficult because operation can mean everything and nothing, right? So that depends a bit also on what, what your company is doing. But it's, it's a good lesson to learn to think about the right timing for putting structures in place. Uh, because this will hurt you uh, if you don't take care of this. You're number one. So my number one is also already veering a bit into the not so serious. <laughs> so we, when it comes lunch t- to lunchtime, we we do spend on the team <laughs> an inordinate <laughs> of t- uh, amount of time to decide where to go. Yeah, and uh, maybe it's also a sign of human psyche because if you have like an empty paper or like uh, an open question it's hard to decide if you get a couple of choices where somebody already has says ah should we go there or to this place it's much easier to decide <laughs> fair enough i'm sure that that is across uh, the challenge of many many companies <laughs> around yeah. the world but now more importantly i'm very excited for our off topic top three of things that we spend way too much time on and undeniably number three has to be zombie preparedness yeah, uh, it's the same for me. Yeah, uh, because it's also a very important topic. Come on, huh? yeah. Because, so because if that happens, that is really the most worst, the absolute worst case scenario that can ever happen. So you should better should think about what. And uh, just for everyone who might not be as versed in zombie preparedness as we are, so you have different zombie universes. So you have World War Z. You have The Walking Dead, right? So they're twenty eight days later. Twenty eight days later. Different zombie rules. Can they walk? Do they crawl? Are they uh, only fast, awake at slow. night? Fast, slow, underwater, not underwater. Based on those variables, there are optimal places to be. Does a boat work? Does an island work? Does the top of a, uh, of a building work? So as you can see, there's a lot of time put into this. And, the, and one indicator of how much time we actually spend on this. So there was a um, alert, I think, two weeks ago that came through on, you know, the various news channels around scientists um, keeping pig brains alive 10 hours after they died or uh, something. Yeah, yeah. Not Stefan, even just keeping alive, kind of reanimating. And Stefan goes on to Slack and posts hashtag zombie pigs. I, op- I get the message, go to Slack, and he had posted the exact same mes- message I just prepared on mm-hmm. Slack. So um, that just g- goes to show how much time we've wasted on that. 
Um, number two, um, socially unacceptable startup ideas. Now, obviously, I can't share any of them here. It's all very confidential because oh, we will all launch right. them later. <laughs> but there are there are a lot of very ridiculous and highly inappropriate ideas um, that we spend a lot of time shaping um, when we should be in deep product feature meetings or something. So um, stay tuned. You're number two. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, Selecting the right Giphy meme, basically an anim GIF that demonstrates a certain point perfectly. Yeah? Yep. And uh, that almost leads into uh, my number one, uh, very much pop culture driven. So discussing the nuances of very, very bad German hip hop. So to all of our uh, German listeners, there's an enormous amount of German hip hop driven by sort of uh, either Arab or Ukrainian subculture. It's uh, hilarious. It's so bad that it's It, it goes from bad to good about five times in each song, and it's amazing. But it does take up a lot of our time. You're number one? Yeah, it's it's related. It's it's more general, the, the pop culture inside joke. So this could be one example that you just brought. It could be TV shows, movies. Hashtag books. no spoilers. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, Game mm. of Thrones. Uh, I haven't watched the newest episode, but I will this evening. So uh, this is uh, almost required knowledge in our team, and we'll, we do check that during recruiting. <laughs> Well, so now you got a extra episode of the top three with some serious things where I hope you also uh, uh, drew some conclusions. Look, if you have any other off-topic top threes that you want to share, tweet at us uh, at the RegTech Report. Where, uh, we'd love to get some banter going. And uh, we look forward to our next episode where I believe we'll have some guests again. Thanks for listening. Let's continue the conversation on Twitter. Follow our dedicated podcast handle at the RegTech Rep. Make sure to rate this podcast and send your thoughts and comments to the RegTech Report at Align.com. Once again, that's the RegTech Report at Aline.com. You can also follow Align on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter, or catch up on our podcasts on Align.com slash the RegTech Report. <laughs>